0: Take your team to new heights with training you can trust from CBTC. Unlock your team's potential with affordable seminars and customized training in topics like leadership, safety, manufacturing, transportation, and technology. CBTC is more than a provider. We are your partner for talent upskilling, licensure renewal, recertification, and much more. Discover the impacts that come with our training from heightened productivity to enhanced teamwork and a commitment to a safer workplace. Visit cbtc.edu/slash workforce solutions to get started today.
1: And welcome to another installment of Dose of Dog presented by our friends at Embark here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Don't forget to check out Embark on all of the socials for details on doggy daycare as well as various doggy classes that are going on. Well, we've got Heather with us uh, at the time of the recording, our first edition in 2024. Uh, got to get used to that, Heather. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I already I already struggled with 23, so uh, change is hard, Scott.
1: <laughs> now, here's the thing. These podcasts have been existing now for more than two years, and something I know you're going to do is you're going to be revisiting some of the ones we've had in the past, sort of freshening them up. To what we were talking about in 2021, 2022 isn't necessarily the same as in 2024. And one of the things you talked about in the earliest days of the (laughs) podcast was socializing your dog in the era of the, the pandemic and people staying home and people not wanting to go out. Now, it's not quite the same People as humans are out and about more, but when it comes to dogs, there's been a bit of a rise in some uh, respiratory viruses for dogs that make mm-hmm. make some people say, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily want to take my dog out as much as mm-hmm. I had been for a while, but it's still key to make sure you're doing some things with your dogs at home to socialize them. And I know that's something you want to touch on today.
0: Yeah, you know, we did the I mean, through the pandemic I I feel like a lot of people were really creative and clever in the ways in which we could get the puppies out and socialize them in a way that was not human centric perhaps. <laughs> so, you know, there've been kind of ups and downs of respiratory virus among dog populations and so I think from time to time there's a lot of people that think you know, I don't want to take my puppy out into bigger groups of dogs or I don't want to take my puppy, you know, to, you know, like family gatherings with giant amounts of dogs in it or whatever it might be. And Or there's times just where your puppy doesn't feel good and you don't want to take them and, and put other dogs at risk because they've had, you know, maybe they've been coughing or they've had loose stool or whatever it might be. So, and I think we think of the term socialization as social which I wish we could kind of reframe that because it doesn't necessarily mean social, even though the term very much applies that, that component, but there's a lot of ways to get your, your dogs out in a way that isn't social, meaning that they don't have to be around big groups of dogs or groups of people in order to kind of reap the benefits of, of gaining experience in different environments and gaining confidence. So I thought today we'd talk about some ways that that if you're, if you are keeping them at home, both maybe, you know, for whatever reason that might look like some things that you can do at home that will help further their socialization experience without actually being in social settings. And this, this, I feel like dog trainers and behavior consultants in during the pandemic and, and veterinary behaviorists and all of the people that are in this field did a lot of kind of digging and came up with some really great ideas that I think that we should for, continue to do, even though we're, I guess we would say at the tail end of a pandemic. <laughs> I don't know where we are. I don't know what this would be called in two, the first couple days of 2024, but there's a lot of things we can do at home, which I think is great for people that maybe don't have access to transportation to get certain places, or perhaps they don't have access to Coming to a puppy class or for whatever reason, there's still a lot of really valid and really, I think, helpful ways that you can help get the puppy to gain experience and and confidence in a way that isn't out in a group setting. So, so let's kind of dive into that. And there's a lot of things you can do in your own home in your own apartment that will help your puppy kind of learn. Um, one of the things that we talk quite a bit about in, Pu- in Puppy Einstein are proprioceptive skills. And what that means are, can you get your puppy to move their body in a way that they're learning to utilize, use their body? They're learning to understand where their body is in space. Um, They're moving their body in spaces and over things that might be very different. And so, and I think a lot of these things, it's very valid to start them at home. You know, if there is something that might be kind of scary for them or or new, i guess new or novel or unique starting them in a in a in a environment in which they're familiar with is really kind of a best practice for socialization. So so what might that look like? So let's talk about kind of tactile or proprioceptive things. So proprioceptive just means they're kind of learning where their body is. And as we know for those of you that have had puppies, they're kind of gangly, they don't really know where their legs are. They, you know, they, they, they're awkward, right? They're kind of awkward until they reach kind of um, adulthood, which for a lot of puppies isn't until they're two and a half to three. So as puppies, they're, they're very awkward. And And when I talk about puppies specifically, I'm talking about kind of that socialization period that happens before your puppy is about five or six months of age. And we know, and I've talked about this quite a bit, that a lot of these things in terms of socialization and confidence building and kind of how the puppy is going to evolve in the world. Lots and lots of that happened before the puppy even ever came to you. So well before the puppy even came to you, a lot of these things, actually we have fairly good evidence um, that a lot of, in a lot of creatures that moms in, in when they were in utero, what kind of experiences mom had, and then also kind of going back to the grandparents, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of really good data in humans and rats, and a lot of that we can kind of roll over into the dog world in terms of looking at how was mom's how, when mom was pregnant, what kind of experiences did she have? Was she, you know, in an environment that wasn't necessarily conducive to not being fearful, where she had elevated cortisol levels, and those kind of went down in utero and and. And affected the puppies. So, you know, once you get the puppy, or once you have the puppy at your home, we can't change those things, right? And so, so looking at opportunities in that kind of critical period from when you get the puppy, you know, most puppies, a lot of people will acquire at about eight weeks of age, eight to ten weeks of age. And then kind of going up through when they hit the the teenage. They start hitting and going into their adolescent months. So, five or six months of age, I guess I would say. So, the period I really want to focus on is kind of that, that, that puppyhood when they first come into your home. So, proprioceptive tactile skills. So, what might that look like in your house? You know, in a group setting, we do a lot of variety of surfaces and sounds around them and things they can walk in that might move underneath them. And that's what I want you to think about at home. So, what do you have in your house? that they could walk on surfaces that are uneven things that make might, might make noise under their feet so that might look like a couch cushion on the floor it, it might look like two couch cushions on the floor that are a little uneven and they have to kind of steady their body as they walk over that that could be walking on bubble wrap right we all get packages with bubble wrap in it that could be walking through a box like a really big box getting into a box getting out of a box that could be walking on baking pans which are very strange and make weird noises that could be aluminum foil that could be walking. If you look at, and these are all inside things. I mean, if you look around your house, you can, there's a lot of different surfaces that your puppy could experience and you could help them um, walk over or, or interact with that might be different than what they would experience outside. So So doing a good look around your house and saying, hey, this might be kind of weird for them to walk on. Let's see what they think of this. And when you do that, we aren't just exposing them to them. Remember, that's not what socialization is. We are helping them. So maybe we put out the aluminum foil and in the beginning we let the puppy check it out. They smell it. They walk away. They come back. They walk away. Maybe they put one foot on it. You can reward them for that. Maybe they put two feet on it. You can reward them for that. So letting them check it out on their own time frame, their own timeline Um, what I don't want you to do is you get something out of the garage that might be kind of scary to them. So it might be, you know, a piece of metal that they're going to walk on. You're not going to place food across it and and make them (laughs) walk across it where they have to go get the food off of it, but they don't really actually want to be on it. So that's kind of luring them into a space where they don't want to go, they might want the food but maybe they don't want to place their feet on it so we really want to do this mindfully where the puppy is exploring on their own and we're not forcing them into a situation so so we could certainly reward them when they do it but we're not forcing them to go grab the treat off the aluminum foil or the metal and then back away and not want to go back on it that's that's defeating the purpose of building confidence <laughs> so having them move their bodies around, having them step on surfaces that might be odd to them. And gosh, if you look around your house, there's a lot of things that you could use that you could pull out of the garage, that you could pull out of a toy box, that you could, um, you know, pull out of your kitchen that might be very interesting to them. Up and up, you know, on the ottoman, on the bottom side of, you know, um, some kind of a surface that you have in your house. And then if you look outside, gravel, walking on dirt, walking over rocks, um, walking over different surfaces. I mean, all of those things are new to your puppy. All of those things could just be kind of a little check in the box of, oh, this might have been kind of odd to them, but they experienced, they got over it. They checked it out. They walked over it. They maybe got like a little snack after they were done. That could be something that slowly can kind of build their little repertoire of things that they've done to kind of build that little puppy confidence. So I think tactile, proprioceptive pieces are really important in the puppy world. We don't necessarily have to expose them to a lot of people and other dogs. And actually we we shouldn't do that. We should teach them how to kind of problem solve with their bodies is kind of the, the big takeaway that I'd like you to think about. The other thing that I think is really easy to do at home that we forget is, <clears throat> excuse me, just taking them out taking them out of the house and not necessarily going to places where there are other dogs or people but taking them for different experiences. So one of the things we talk about about in puppy class might be if you if you live maybe in an urban setting, so maybe you live in kind of a suburban setting, urban or suburban where the puppy When you're outside, they are comfortable around buses going by and garbage trucks and maybe emergency vehicles. And they've kind of experienced those things and you maybe have associatively paired some of those sounds with something good. Another alternative is take them out into the country. So maybe you take them on a car ride where you drive your vehicle to a field where there are cattle. And maybe you sit, you just park outside of that spot. You roll your window open, you get your puppy and you just sit in the car. Maybe the puppy's got their nose out the window and they just kind of smell. When they're ready, can you open the car door? You can walk towards, obviously you would stay, you would not be in the the field, maybe across the street. Maybe they can see the the cattle at a distance. I mean, if you think about the slurry of odors that they're going to get from that experience, that is really valuable. And that's something they... In an urban setting, aren't going to get that. So it might be, you know, next to maybe there is a cousin that has sheep or cattle. Um, Start far away from that environment. See how they respond. Are they comfortable? Do they want to get closer? Do they need to back up? Remember, we're always giving them the out. We're always allowing them to back away from something that might be worrisome to them. You will ruin a relationship with a dog or a puppy really, really quickly. When you force them into a scenario where they don't want to be. Um, And with puppies, that's so important that we build that trust between the two of you. So you're not going to force them. You might get out of the car, stand there. If they want to go closer, you take a couple steps closer. They want to back up, you're going to back up. So you're going to give them the opportunity to kind of ebb and flow towards whatever that particular thing is. So that they trust that. If they need to get out of that scenario, they can, and you're going to be there to support them. And a lot of puppies in that environment, they're they're just going to have to stand back for a while. They're going to have to look, they're going to have to smell, they're going to have to kind of gather information before they move forward. So that's really important to do. I kind of always use the example of, for those of you that have been hiking in new territories, you know, when you're hiking somewhere and you don't really know the territory well, and you see something really dark and really big in the distance, and you have to stop and you have to really look at it and say, what is that? Is it a bear? Is it a log? <laughs> what is that? And, and you have to take your time to kind of <laughs> debrief yourself on what that particular thing is. And that's what the dogs need to do. They need to kind of check it out. And, and granted, I'm talking about puppies. This could be applicable. This is very applicable to, to dogs. I mean, today we're kind of focused on puppies. So new environments. Can you take them to new environments? Now, the other The flip side of that coin might be, do you live in a rural setting and your puppy is used to walking by fields of cattle and farming fields and um, the neighbor that has chickens and, you know, loud noises like farm noises or rural noises. You know, the the neighbors a mile down have gun practice every Saturday night. Your puppy's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So those puppies, could you take them into town? could you go park near the bus stop and maybe you just sit you get the puppy out of their their travel carrier or wherever they travel with you you set them on your lap you roll the window down and you just let them smell like diesel fumes I know (laughs) you uh the bustle of people moving around and just let them smell let them watch um and then maybe you come back a week later and you just sit um, with you get out of your car and you just sit by the front of your car or in the back of your car and just let them smell and watch. I think one of the things we forget about is that watching things and gathering information is so valuable in getting a puppy comfortable in the world because that's a lot of what life is going to look like, right? They're going to walk past something that they're going to have to look at and watch. And if they have had experiences in the past where they can just watch and walk by things like this, um, that's a really valuable kind of little piece of information they can tuck away in their brain for later. So there's a lot of, I think, value in going to new spaces and just letting them observe, um, outside of like a dog environment. I mean, maybe you go to the dog park and not in, not into the dog park. Oh, good God. Not with a puppy, please. Not with a puppy. (laughs) It's like the, the place where my nightmares are made. (laughs) Um, they just don't have the social capacity to handle the massive amounts of personality differences that are in a place like that. And if you're going to curate their experiences, um, that is not going to be helpful. They, they, I would be very selective in the dogs. You're going to let them interact with so that they have a lot of good experiences in from the get go. Cause let me tell you one trial learning can happen in environments like that. And it's really hard to unravel. Um, as they, as they grow up. So maybe you, you park far away and you just sit and watch. I mean, that's certainly incredibly valuable um, for puppies. So a lot of what you can do without being in the masses is just watching. Really. It's so important. And if you watch puppies, how they explore the world, they will stop and they will watch and they will take in all the information. So you don't have to be in the mix. You don't have to be at mall at the doggy mall of America where they're meeting people. Um, Being like mindful and having them just watch things is, is just so incredibly valuable. So, um, so we talked about places. So think about what other places is my puppy going to be around? Maybe it's outside of a school where there's recess and you just sit outside and let the puppy Kind of take it all in and watch what recess looks like with a bunch of kids. And again, start far away. Slowly close that space so the puppy, as they get more comfortable, maybe they want to walk up, maybe they don't. And I think all of this is also great spaces where you can just learn what what does your puppy enjoy? What do they want to kind of move? What kind of spaces do they want to move away from? And I think that's good information for um, the environments that you're going to put them in later in life. Um, Another one is sounds. You know, I think we forget how acute their hearing and their smell. We're going to talk about that and their smell is. So what would sounds look like? There's a couple of apps that you can get on your phone or everyone probably has a a smart speaker at their house that you could play sounds at. So think about what are certain sounds that that maybe your puppy is going to be exposed to as a dog, as an older dog or as a puppy. So, you know, Lawnmowers. I mean, here in Wisconsin, in the winter, we we puppies aren't hearing that sound, right? <laughs> they're not going to hear that sound for several months. I mean, they're going to go, you know, November through, gosh, May June before they hear a lawnmower, and that's a long time for a puppy to be in a house and never hear a sound like that. So, on your phone, there's a couple of different apps. One's called Pop School. It used to be free. I think I just looked it up for a client last week, and I think there might be. Um, there might be a charge for it, but there's probably about, gosh, I think 40 sounds on there. Everything from a blow dryer to a lawnmower, to a, a train, to babies crying, to um a drill. Um, And then again, everyone has a smart speaker. So could you start with that sound really, really quietly in the background every time they eat dinner? So you're associatively pairing that sound with a mealtime. And then as... Time progresses. You could slowly turn that sound up, where they they've heard the sound. It might be really loud now. You know, after the course of several weeks of playing, you know, whatever that sound might be, um, and then slowly kind of acclimate them to louder sounds. Um, Sounds are a hard one. We think. I work with a lot of dogs who are very sound sensitive, who have almost like a phobia for a lot of different sounds, and. I don't know of any evidence, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but of how exposure as a puppy helps that we do think there is a really big genetic component in sound sensitivity with dogs. So it's not going to hurt them if you slowly desensitize them, but I can't say that's going to solve sound issues. Um, that's a hard one. That's a really, it's a, it's, it's a scary one too for dogs that are really terrified of thunder and, and loud noises. That's a that's a, that, that needs a veterinary intervention oftentimes, <laughs> um, collaborating with a behavior consultant because that's a, that's one that has, has a lot of different, um, roads <laughs> to help those kind of dogs. But I think, uh, doing some associative pairing with sounds is a really good, uh, way to start at home and easy to do, right? Super easy to do at home. Um, people. So, you know, we always talk, we always hear kind of this, have your puppy meet X amount of people, which I don't, Believe in there's a certain amount of numbers that that is advantageous necessarily to having your puppy meet people. But one thing you can do is, can you have people over? Now, the minute someone walks through your door, they're not going to grab the puppy and whisk them off their feet and hold them. They're going to sit on the floor, and again, the whole goal is you're letting the puppy experience this on their own. So they're sitting on the floor. The puppy comes up to them. If the puppy comes up to them, maybe they get something good. They get a piece of chicken. If the puppy chooses not to, I think that's a good thing to take note of. Um, but let the puppy explore those people on their own. Same with kids. You know, kids always want to pick puppies up. And they I, I can say they don't always pick them up correctly where the puppy feels safe, <laughs> like they're not going to fall. And so that, if done wrong, can be really detrimental to their trusting of small humans later in life. So having the kids sit, maybe you arm the kids with a bunch of chicken and then, they get to sit on the ground and if the puppy comes near, they can toss them something. If not, they just let them, they just kind of ignore them. Um, and so, so if you think about exposure to humans done mindfully where they build trust and the the humans aren't going to do something that the puppy is uncomfortable with, that's the best way to build kind of trust around, around humans. (laughs) Um, everyone thinks they get a puppy. And then the first thing they should do is take it out, you know, around the neighborhood or have a million people over. And that's not a really best practice. That's a lot happening. I mean, the puppy was just whisked away from the only place they've known with the same species. And now they live with people who don't speak their language. They have new environments. I mean, it's quite terrifying if you look at the first several weeks of puppyhood. Um, I mean, we love them instantly. Of course we do. But I can't say it's always the same. I mean, that's a big, you know, being taken away from mom at a really young age and plopped into a new environment is quite traumatic for a lot of puppies. And I think we we, kind of tend to forget that. And so taking them away from mom, plopping them into a new environment, and then having all these non-dog species come over and handle them can be quite terrifying for puppies, um, you know, kind of dependent on their previous situations, um, especially for puppies who haven't had the advantage of being handled as neonates where people, you know, as tiny babies were handling them and they were smelling humans and, and doing a lot of interaction that way. So, um, be really cautious with that on who you let pick your puppy up. Um, just because that, again, can, can be damaging if it's done wrong. So people, we talked about places, we talked about tactile things. Um, the other thing, smell, I want to talk about, you know, we know that um, puppies can smell when they're born, which isn't true of all species. And so smell is a powerful piece of how dogs learn in the environment. And I know I've talked a lot about that in terms of utilizing that that sense to help them kind of navigate the world. So. So sense. So think about that. Oh my gosh, there's so much we can do with scents in our house without ever leaving the yard. You know, if you can place different scents around your house, and, and this could be anything, right? This could be um, maybe an herb that you put in a box or dog safe herbs, you know, so maybe you're taking parsley and you're putting it in a box and you're letting them smell that. Maybe you're taking basil and you're putting it in a box and you're letting them smell it. But I think I'd even go further than that. You know, a really awesome thing you can do with your own puppies is make their own little snafari. So if you have friends that have guinea pigs or rabbits or horses or goats, can you give them a rag, like an old t-shirt or like a rag or something, they go rub it on the horse and then they plop it in the backyard somewhere where your puppy goes into the backyard and goes, oh, there was something here. So can you maybe once a day, um, maybe show them a new smell or or show them, <laughs> uh, expose them maybe to a new smell where you would have something different, um, you know, different kinds of foods, you know, um, can they try minnows, they make dried minnows for puppies, I mean, they're getting a whole, you know, mouthfeel and smell and taste and there's a lot of things happening there when they're eating foods that are that are dog safe but very different um but smells are a really important one and if you have friends that have other animals so other dogs non-dog species like horses or goats or sheep or guinea pigs or cats um that's a really great thing to maybe take some of the scent or some of the fur or just take a washcloth and have them rub it all over their horse and then you plop it in the house somewhere. Those are really intriguing for puppies. Um, If someone's got hay from their barn, if someone's got, um, you know, sheep's wool that they just sheared or fiber from a llama or an alpaca or something, little tiny pieces of that are really intriguing. And that's a really easy way to... To have the puppy have a new experience, but staying in their home where it might be familiar. And this is something I do with a lot of rescue dogs that are really shut down. We try to use smell in a way that kind of triggers their curiosity. And I think that's a really easy, really easy, inexpensive way to help them. So I think don't underestimate the power of smell. It's a really important piece that you can add into your house. I mean, here in Wisconsin, it's going to be winter for several months now. Um, smells are kind of covered up, not covered up by the snow because the dogs can still smell. But, you know, you don't have big open fields that, you know, our, our critters are running around in. So I think if you can find people that have non-dog species and kind of maybe borrow some scents from them, that's a really good way to do it. Um, And then dogs, like having puppy appropriate Play groups. Um, if you're exposing them to other dogs, is helpful. Um, sometimes puppy puppy play, if they're not matched appropriately, cannot be go as well as you might want it to. So I would say finding puppies that are appropriate in play style and size is going to be appropriate. One of the best things you can do for puppies is find really good neutral adults that your puppies can interact with. Um, I tell you a neutral puppy friendly adult dog is worth their weight in gold. You know, they're, they're, they understand body language. They know when to walk away. They know when to disengage. They're just really smart about being around puppies. And that is those, those dogs are worth their weight in gold because they teach the puppy such crucial lessons that, you know, over arousal and play doesn't really get you anywhere. I'm going to walk away. And if they're playing with a puppy and they learn that over arousal they practice that, you know, that's not a healthy play style for them to continue to learn. So I think avoiding puppies that aren't well suited for play. And what does that mean? That means that they'll play a little and then they disengage. They play a little and they disengage. They don't continue to kind of spiral out of control. That's not a healthy play (laughs) for any species. So um, finding puppy, finding dogs that are appropriate in terms of play style and and they're fair, right? They're, they're fair with puppies. Um, And I wouldn't just expose my puppy to any dog. I'd be very cautious in, in who I am exposing them to so that they get good experiences. I mean, that's going to be the whole important piece of this. So there's a lot of things you can do at home in your own home, in your own yard, in your neighborhood um, without really going anywhere. Um, And, you know, we're doing it. I think the big underlying key is that we're allowing the puppies to do it kind of at their own pace. So we're not forcing them into an environment. We are slowly letting them smell and check it out and kind of let their curiosity kind of drive how much they want to interact with a thing. And kind of the, you know, the the lists are endless, you guys. If you have kids at home and they have they have dolls or they have things that move or parts that move. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. And again, the goal is that you're allowing their curiosity to kind of derive this experience and you're not forcing them into situations. I think those are all really powerful, easy pieces that you can do at home and the more creative, the better. I mean, it's kind of endless stuff. You can probably pull out of your house in your garage (laughs) to expose them to. Um, And 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 encourage them like encourage them to kind of be confident and and if they do something where you're like that was awesome certainly grab a thing of rewards and and have them you know eat something near whatever the item is so go forth into your home dig in your garage find some funky stuff you can pull into your living room um and do some little at home socialization